0: Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 975 and 925.
1: It's, it's time in Houston! Texans at four. Countdown coming up, kickoff coming up. Just five shows left for the uh, Texans and Ravens. Let's game go. week.
2: It's game win. I'm so ready. I am too. We're going to some, I know we're going to do college football in the next segment, but like man, watching those games this weekend, I was like, it's go time. It's like, back. I'm ready for Thursday night. I'm ready to see the Chiefs beat the Lions by three touchdowns and expose them for the frauds they're going to be. I can't wait to do our predictions. I'm ready. This is I'm so glad the NFL is back. It's
1: football time in Houston, the we're ready to play.
2: I can't wait to like be uh, Sunday night. You and me will be texting. The Texans upset the Ravens. No, they didn't. But are we talking Astros or are we talking Texans to start a show on Monday? Yeah. I can't wait for those conversations. Like, this is the first time I've been excited about Texans football since 2019, I would say. Because even like 2020 we kind of sucked. Deshaun's. felt so, like the whole pandemic just like it was everything was like kind of politically driven and it wasn't really about football. And, yeah. Like, there was no fans. Or I guess there was fans, because I was at the last game Bill O'Brien ever coached. Congrats. My cousin's a Vikings fan, so he drove up from Austin, and we went to the, that game. I
1: love that for you. It was awesome. That's good. I was there the day it died. It was a great day. <laughs> I'm kind of excited to see Bill O'Brien in uh, <laughs> in New England. Oh, me too. To see how that plays out. Actually, yeah. I
2: think it's... Him and Matt Corral. What? Yeah,
1: you mean Mac Jones. Matt Corral's
2: the backup quarterback. Uh,
1: that, that whole thing's interesting <laughs> so to me. So bizarre. That whole thing's interesting to me. I'm surprised... Crowd's not bad. Like, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm intrigued by that whole operation this year. Oh, yeah. Because Matt Matt Jones, make or break, we'll see. Bill O'Brien, Teapot Bill, like back in New England. Uh, And he's an upgrade over what they had last year because they had a defensive guy and Matt Patricia calling offensive plays. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. But it's game week. We're going to have like injury designations on Wednesday and stuff. Texans practiced today. D'Amico talked. Uh, I don't think we have the sound plan for the Twitchers. Do they love the Ryan sound? Sorry, the Twitchers, Twitchers do. So we're letting the Twitchers down uh, today. Uh, for that, we're sorry. We're sorry that we're letting you down with no D'Amico Ryan sound. Uh, last uh, last year, Joe, you weren't with us yet. We sure. we played a game. Texans will be this good. Where it's like a bid game. Like we start at thirty-one, and we alternate days, and we just go as far as we're willing to go to decide how good the Texans are going to be in specific areas this year. Uh, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with scoring defense. So this isn't like your total defense. This isn't your how many yards you giving up per game. This is how many points you're giving up per game. Scoring defense for the Houston Texans, which I think this defense is going to be much improved. Um, you upgraded play callers. Demico Ryan's did confirm today that he will be calling plays. So you upgraded play caller in D'Amico Ryan's. I think you've upgraded at one of the defensive tackle spots. You know, bringing in Sheldon Rankin's to pair with Malik Collins is much better than whatever you were running out next to Malik Collins last year. Obviously, you drafted Anderson, uh John Grenard, you hope to have healthy for the entire season. Petrie year 2, you signed Jimmy Ward, Stingley, you hope to be healthy. Christian Harris year 2. Uh the defense in in my mind is far ahead of the offense. And, and I think that they have more dudes on the defensive side of the ball than they do on the offensive side of the ball. So Let's see. We didn't go order here, but I'll start it. Sure. I, we can't start at 32. So I'll say 31. I, Why I think can't the you Texans start at 32? Have, because that's obvious. I think the Texans will have a top. Okay, fine. I'll start at 32. The Texans <laughs> will have a top 32 defense. I'll go 31. I can, do I go
2: one <laughs> at a time here, or I,
1: can I jump? Here? You can jump. I mean, it's a big game. You can do it however you want. Or I'll go top 30. Mm. Where did they finish last year, do you know? Um, uh, 26. They finished 26th in scoring defense? That's better than I would have thought. Twenty seventh, they finished twenty eighth in scoring defense. All right, I go twenty seventh. I'll go twenty seventh for the Texans scoring defense. Huh. They'll finish. They'll finish in the top twenty seven of scoring defense. I'll, I'll go. Blankers are going to miss out, so I guess he's just disqualified for Monday.
2: I guess i am I just Joel's representative?
1: No, I think you should be in on this. You okay. just have to be out on Monday.
2: Uh, I'll take. I'll take top twenty five.
1: Why do you think they're going to be a top twenty five defense?
2: Because I think they improved enough. So where they can make, I mean, like, you're still bottom third in the NFL. They've they've invested enough. They have a, a coach that is competent that I guess is going to, like you said, make his debut calling plays for this team in week one. But they've added enough talent and they have D'Amico where they should be better. So I'll say top 25. 24. 23. Sold. You can have them.
1: So it went for the same exact as it did last year. Yeah, I think I was the winning bidder last you year. Did. You won all the bids last fool year. Fool me, fool me. I was the homer last year. I was wearing but, my.
2: You know, part of it too is like they do have a very easy schedule. You know, let's say the Titans' year is a disappointment. Two of your last three games will be against Mayonnaise, Eaton Will Levis. You
1: think the Tannehill's gonna be done?
2: Or two of your last, yeah, two of your last four. I think
1: there's a chance. It's like, weird to me that they have not announced a backup. Vrabel won't announce a backup, yeah. and Levis barely played in the preseason. Like, barely played. He didn't play game two, didn't play game three. He played maybe like 30% of game one, yeah. and Willis was good in the preseason.
2: Like, he had good games. And you know, like they just don't play a, a challenging schedule in, in terms of quarterbacks. You play Anthony Richardson twice. You play you know Kenny Pickett at a perfect passer rating during the preseason. Who cares? You play Desmond Ritter, who stinks. You play Bryce Young, Baker Mayfield. You're going to play... Clayton Tune, Week Eleven. Damian do- I Dobbs, maybe Dobbs. Eh, no, I think,
1: you know who I think starts that game. Kyler Murray. I don't. I do. I think they're gonna find a way to keep him out. They announced him a captain today. I think it all, oh, but really, yeah, I think it all, but guarantees that they want they want to get a look at Kyler Murray, which I mean, which makes sense. It makes sense if you're not committed to the tanking, and it might be a different story. Let's say he's back in Week Nine. It might be a different story if you're 0-8. But if you maybe you sneak up and you win a couple of games, it's like, okay, we we don't think we're going to get the number one pick, or at least we're not guaranteed to get the number one pick. Let's see what Kyler Murray looks like with Jonathan Gannon as his head coach, a new offense, and just see where you're at. And then maybe – you know, maybe you do end up with the first pick, and it's an easy decision. Maybe you end up with a third pick, but because they had the Texans pick, they could potentially trade up. I do think that there's some benefit of get, of seeing what Kyler Murray looks like in a new system.
2: I think so too. I mean, plus you're going to owe him over like thirty million dollars the next three years each if he has an injury designation. I saw that report over this weekend where like if if he can't play, you're still going to owe him twenty nine million dollars next year, thirty seven the year after that. So like you do have to play this carefully and logistically, but the, the Texans. All schedules just is not that challenging. You do not play a ton of off, even if Kyler plays. You're talking about Hollywood Brown and James Conner. Like, oh, I'm scared. Rondell Moore. Like, you're not playing I mean, these Hollywood, teams. Hollywood's not bad. I'm not a Hollywood.
1: I feel guy. like you're uh, poo pooing Hollywood Brown a little bit too much there.
2: I don't like he's better chance Hollywood Brown or Kyler Murray is playing week 11. My bet would 100% be on Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's probably true. Like, he's always out too. So, when you're playing Denver, like, what is Denver? Jerry Judy's already here. Javante Williams, is he good? Like, is, how good is he after an ACL injury? Is Russell Wilson the starting quarterback by week 13? Because I don't think he will be if they're not good. I think Sean Payton will move on. So, what is Deshaun Watson this year when you play him in week 16? Like, I just think the Texans, th- their defense is going to be improved by what you brought in by D'Amico itself by not running a defense that's built in the stone ages of the early 2000s like you know. Lovey Smith. But that and the schedule, I would have gone higher than 23,
1: but I'll take 23. You would have gotten higher than 23? I would have taken a top 20. Man, I feel like I... I didn't negotiate. I didn't bid this the right way. If you were willing to go all the way to 20, I missed out I probably
2: I probably would have got to
1: 20. So you're feeling good that you got up at 20, a top 23. Yeah. Now, you're right about their schedule. Uh, the the schedule is not very good, and they should benefit off of that. I'm actually concerned about the offense when it comes to this. Like I think the defense is going to be on the field a lot. I think that the defense is going to have to take you know play a lot of plays, play a lot of snaps. I don't think the offense is going to be very good, if I'm being completely honest. And, and I think that the, the Texans defense is going to feel like the attrition of that. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I think the Texans are, like, a year away from being a 500 team-ish. And if they're a year away from being a 500 team, it's going to be difficult for them to be a top 23 defense. You also might give up, like, 40 points week one. That's going to put you in a hole. Week one, week one terrifies me because of where they are offensively. Like, defensively... Like, I think they can hold their own. I think that they can hold, like, I, I mean, Lamar's going to get his. Lamar's going to put up some numbers. And the skill position guys that he has is really, really good.
2: It's like the one time you don't want to play the Ravens because, like, you know Odell's going to be out there.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the first half number on that looks like. Because uh, the spread's at 10. Like, I could see the defense keeping them in the game in the first half but because they're on the field a ton, because I don't expect the Texans' offense to do much against that Baltimore de- uh, defense in week one, where it's like they run away within the second half. Like, they take advantage of a tired and gassed Houston Texans' defense. What are you expecting
2: from Baltimore? Because they have Todd Monk in the O.C. They brought in from Georgia. Yep. They're claiming they're going to throw the ball way more. I,
1: okay. I think that they have to. I think they promised that to but Lamar. Do you think
2: that we're going to see that? Like, do you, do you show your shiny new offense against the Houston Texans, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, or do you kind of, you know, do you have that philosophy of, you know, let's wait till we play the Cincinnati Bengals in week two, and that's really when we start to throw out some of these wrinkles so that we don't show some tape waste that tape against
1: the Texans. It might be a little bit on the vanilla side, but the point that you just brought up, I think is one of the most overrated things we talk about in sports. I think so, too. Because every single week is so game-specific. It's personnel-specific. Like, like, I hate, I I cannot stand. It's one of my pet peeves of mine. Whenever somebody tries, like, a fake punt, well, why did they waste that here? Because they saw that that defense on the punt was prone to this. They were suspect to this. Every single week is so game-plan-specific that I, I think that that, that theory, that logic is one of the most overrated things we talk about in sports. Why did they run a reverse against the Texans when they have the Bengals next week? Because the Texans are prone to the reverse, and we don't know what the Bengals are prone to. Maybe they're not prone to the reverse. So I, that's one of like the the old like adages in football, one of the cliches in, in football that I absolutely cannot stand. I can't believe they ran the fake field goal against this team when they have Kansas City next week. Well, this team is prone to that. They saw it on film. They thought they could take advantage of it. They exploited it. Why are they going with the onside sneak in the second half? Because they saw something on films that, that special teams unit's terrible at. Uh, so I, I think that the Ravens are actually going to throw the ball a lot. I think Lamar demanded it. I think that's why Lamar ended up getting Monken as his offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he wants to throw the football more, not run the football more. He wants to show his arm off a little bit. They They brought in. Odell, they drafted Zay Flowers. I think that they're going to run a lot of three-receiver sets. They already have Mark Andrews, too. And while I think J.K. Dobbins is okay, I think he's fine, I think their receivers are better than their running back. So, yeah. like, from a – what are the skill position guys – like, the Texans, I think, the opposite. Like, Texans need to be run first because Damian Pierce is better than any receiver that they have outside of Tank Dell, although I don't think they're going to play tank Dell a whole lot in Week 1. I think he's going to be their fourth receiver in Week 1. Number three. Yeah, he changed his number to number three, which – disappointed which i mean do you but, but like I mean, all the they, marketing they we've... marketed the whole 713 connection and then all of a sudden it's, it's gone. gone and and before you even kick off the I, regular season I, I
2: really love the fact that texans fans have now convinced themselves that within the next 24 hours they're trading for mike I, evans i
1: don't think they believe that i, I think there are having, a lot
2: of homer texans fans that firmly believe mike uh, evans is going to be a houston texan in the next 24 hours and that is why tank tell change I,
1: right. I think that they're hoping for that i don't think that's actual belief
2: they have their Texans uh, battle steel blue glasses on.
1: It's, uh, That's wrong. It's, no, it's Liberty blue. Liberty blue. Bat- no, I think it's. No, Liberty white. It's Liberty white battle steel blue. No, it's battle red. <laughs> it's battle red. <laughs> what is the blue? I think it's steel blue. I don't know. Deep steel blue. Deep steel blue. Deep steel blue, Deep steel blue Liberty white, and battle We're red. we have to
2: learn all these new colors next year.
1: No, I think they're going to keep them. They're
2: gonna get four new jerseys. No, what, no what's
1: it, uh, Cal Cool Cat Cal McNair in that AMA Reddit? So they're they're keeping their colors. Gotcha. He said they love the the three colors. Just add Houston. But they're color. gonna they're gonna add a uh, which somebody beat them to the punch. They looked. Sick. Somebody sick. beat them to the punch, and I don't think somebody's very happy about that. Those
2: jerseys were awesome. Yeah, I need required. I need I need a favor. I need you to let me know when they have. Okay, fiteds. I can, I'll let you know when you can when I, you can I, buy them. I need a fitted, very badly. <laughs> they're sick. I, I'm very jealous it was pretty cool
1: yeah they were lucky enough i was lucky enough that they gave me a hat pretty cool all right 713-780-ESPN who's wrong here joe just bought the houston texans defense is a top 23 scoring defense in the nfl is he right am i right 713-780-3776 also when we return your college football segment on the show it's called i believe What do you believe after the weekend that was in college football? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
0: You found ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I can feel it.
1: I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them. Fresh and juicy. Ready for the picking.
0: Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. What's up, brother? You believe that? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do you believe
1: that? What do you believe? After the weekend that was in college football, seven one three seven eight zero espn HRP Listener Line. You watched the whole slate of games this weekend. You saw Colorado in primetime do his thing, so the Cougs start 1-0. You saw Florida State last night dismantle LSU in the second oh, half. Oh, no,
2: what a shame.
1: Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I hate Brian Kelly. I believe what after... The college football slate, 713-780-3776. Age before beauty, Joe. What do you believe?
2: I believe in <laughs> prime time, baby. That game versus TCU was absolutely incredible. And I know TCU lost their quarterback, their running back, their number one wide receiver. But Shadur Sanders, who, if you don't know, had offers from Florida State, Alabama, Georgia. He chose to play for his dad. And then you have Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country last year, chooses to go play for Deion. And then this kid comes out and plays like 125 snaps, has over 100 receiving yards, an interception. I'm, I believe, in prime time. I believe that I'm going to win a lot of money this weekend. Because during the show, I was doing the bullpen with B-Mac and Josh on Saturday, and we looked at the line. For the Nebraska game versus Colorado, and Colorado at the time was plus nine and a half, so I bet that, and they were plus two ninety money line. I bet a lot.
1: Yeah, I more can't than believe. my wife would approve. Does she know about it? She does. doesn't
2: listen to me on the radio. so
1: No, she has no idea. <laughs> she still. You better hope you win. She has no idea.
2: Well, the money was already in my my, my account. Okay. So I'll just say this: if I lose that that bet. I probably won't have any money to bet with this season.
1: Oh, so you're risking it all? You're risking it all for Dion? I went like time. chips
2: all in, plus two ninety. Like, let's pay off a car. Is that game in Boulder <laughs> or Lincoln? Uh, it's in. It's in Boulder. It's it's a home game. A plus nine and a half at home. Like Travis Hunter. Like Dion's kid was awesome. I can't believe you got that
1: number because I, I I um I saw something. I think my my friends were talking about it actually. That like, Colorado I think's favored by what? Six points now? Three points? Yeah. I can't remember. Was it three or six? I think it's three. Yeah. I, so I they, saw three So laughs. it went from they were getting nine points to now they're giving three. Yeah. And you got it at plus nine. You bet it at, what, halftime of the Colorado TCU yes. game? That's absurd. That's a, You got a really the, good Even number.
2: the ESPN matchup predictor still has Nebraska 59%. I don't know how, if you have eyeballs, <laughs> you watch Nebraska's first game of the season versus Minnesota. Yeah. That was dog turd. Like, I'm, it made my eyes bleed. Colorado is going to roll them
1: this week. I'm a little scared for you because we know that. Uh, Me too. <laughs> because we know that a lot of times, like what is true in week one is sometimes like a little bit of an overrate, underrate situation where oh, yeah. it doesn't play out that way the rest of the year. So that's something that I'm, I'm hopeful that you win this bet. I'm hopeful that you you take that. Uh, I was super impressed with Colorado. I thought it was interesting, too, though. Like, what was the number of Colorado TCU? 21? It was 2021. It was 2021 line. I could not believe it was that big a number. And look, I, not that I expected Colorado to win that football game, but Colorado has talent. Like, Colorado has so many, like, good football players. However, they got them there. They have a lot of really good players. Their, their, their roster, now, they don't have a lot of, like, I think they have, like, 90 scholarships, something like that, which is something that might cost them down the road attrition, that sort of thing. But early in the year, with all the talent that they have, I don't think they should be twenty twenty one point dogs to anybody. I thought that was a really bad number. And the fact that they went to Fort Worth and won outright – was a huge statement, and, and Dion was certainly filling himself in the press in the press conference, uh, calling out the media. He reads everything. His post game speech was awesome. Play his theme music. Uh, I loved everything about it. Like prime time in college football, getting a big win to kick off like the college football weekend, the college football year was a lot of fun. I mean,
2: it, it had social media captivated, and then this Dylan Edwards kid, the the, the freshman running back,
1: he's he's super fast.
2: He had over 100 receiving
1: yards. That touchdown that he three had, touchdowns. the touchdown he had running left on my TV screen near sideline, where he like he he put the Hezzy move on him twice and then just blew by the Dude. safety was disgusting.
2: Yeah, it, that
1: game was so. I mean, Travis Hunter like t- like the he played 125 snaps. See, that's the thing that kind of worries Is that me about sustainable? Colorado. No, and that's the thing that worries me about them. Like they early in the year, they're going to win some games. I think it could catch up to one Travis Hunter playing that many yeah. snaps in a football game is not sustainable and then i heard they only have like 90 something scholarship players where most universities have north of 120 yeah. so like does that catch up with them it, as the season goes on
2: oh they're definitely like a they're like very one injury away from being
1: screwed i believe in i believe in primetime i think primetime is going to win a lot of college football games in his career i think, I think start, they're i yeah. think they're i think they're going to be good this year now they're going to they going to rattle out a 10 and 2 probably not but no, but they they're going to be fun. I think
2: win, they could win six games, seven games this year. Be bowl, bowl eligible? Game. That'd be great like, for year one. After what they won two games last year. Yeah, I, I think I saw. What was I can't remember? It was like this was their first first half lead since like 2020, or something like that. Like it was like it, it's just they're such a disaster program, and to come out the way they did, like I, I, I mean, besides just the wage, like, they'll beat Nebraska. I think they'll beat Colorado State,
1: and then. I, flimsy says colorado's win total was three and a half i think they'll i think they'll cover that i, I, I think mean, they'll i think they'll surpass three wins like Dion was right like
2: Dion is he's a program changer like it's one game but like colorado does not do what they just did ever yeah. like they don't beat top 25 teams even if it's tcu who's way over ranked from last year like colorado loses that game most of the time and his kids the truth man like
1: his son's so much better than I thought he was going to be. Yeah. Uh, he's so much better than I thought he was going to be. He's super precise. He knows where to go with the, with the ball. He's kind of a point guard back there. I don't yeah. think he's got the biggest arm in college football. I don't think he's the biggest body in college football, but incredibly accurate, incredibly precise, and he doesn't make bad decisions. Like, very high S2E quarterback. I was, yeah. I was blown away with how good he was, Is honestly.
2: It, what a start. Like, you could not ask for, like, your first 11 a.m. kickoff game to go that way.
1: Yeah. I, I'm curious with Travis Hunter. Like, what position is he in the pros? He's definitely a corner, right? I think he's a corner in the NFL. I think so, too. But, like, I don't
2: know how you watch that game this weekend and don't think that he's got the chance to be a little (sighs) Otani. Where, like, you use him more than the Patriots use Marcus Jones. Yeah. But you don't use him. I mean, look, just like Prime. Like, Like, Prime Time was used on offense by the Cowboys, by the 49ers. Hell, even by the Ravens for a little bit, like, when he made that last return. Like Travis Hunter will be a weapon on offense in the NFL. His Heisman odds dropped from like, like it was like thirty to one to eight to one.
1: Yeah, during the game, Sanders was like what twenty thousand to one. Like yeah. <laughs> so you get on that a little early. That's crazy. Uh, I w- I thought he was great. I- I-, I I was a lot of fun. Travis Hunter was super impressive. I thought Sanders was super impressive. I think Hunter's more of a. I think he's a corner in the NFL. But you're right. Maybe he can be. Kind of a... He's a corner a, but with a little gadget. A gadget offensive guy. Yeah. Uh, one of my beliefs that I learned this college football weekend, I believe... The atmosphere at TDECU Stadium is going to be electric all year long. Near, I think it was a sold-out crowd or near-sold-out crowd, biggest crowd they've had in like eight years there at TDECU Stadium. Atmosphere was unbelievable. It was awesome. You mentioned the H-Town Coug blue a yeah. little bit earlier. The jerseys Incredible. were sweet. They were awesome. Uh, the Houston Cougar defense was really, really good against a UTSA team that was ranked twenty nine. In the AP uh, defense, looked good. You start one and zero. Good way to start the Big Twelve season. Uh, I believe that the uh, the atmosphere at TDECU is going to be electric all year long. Uh, how about the Pac twelve? I believe the Pac twelve is good. Really good. Thirteen and zero start I for mean, the Pac twelve. Oregon scored eighty
2: one points.
1: Yeah, against Portland That's State. That's
2: mean. It was pretty. I mean, I at least they, they, playing, they paid them, though. They paid them a good amount of money uh, to take that beating. You know, the thing is, dude, they're playing freshmen at the end of the game on offense and defense. Like, they're letting, like, these backups play. Like, this might be their only game reps this entire year. So, like, those kids should take the opportunity. I agree. I believe the Big 12 sucks. Sorry. They didn't
1: have a great start. Baylor That's lost. Tech a- lost. G.J. Kinney. Watch out for him as an up and coming coach at Texas State. A really, really well, promising, he, hot shot young coach. He did what what Dion did. He flipped like ninety percent
2: of his roster yeah. with the transfer portal. Like that's the new thing. Like if you can, if you can convince people to come to your school through the transfer portal, you can turn. A pro- I mean, look at, like, look at USC last year, and that's why I, I think these week one betting lines going forward I are mean, really fascinating because you're gonna see bad teams, all these transfers come in. And it's like, how do you associate that? Um, I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. should not
1: play the rest of oh, the Oh, don't be one of those guys. Why? Because he's making a lot of NIL money, and he owes it to his NIL money people. That's so, why. That's why. Quinn Ewers got a bunch of NIL money from Ohio
2: State and never played there.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that situation worked out.
2: But, like, I just, he got hurt. I know he came back in, but, like, it looked brutal when it happened. Jamar Chase went top five. He opted out of his last year of college football. If I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm done. I also believe that kids are stupid. Um, specifically players that play for University of Michigan. They're wearing free Jim Harbaugh t-shirts. It was a
1: school-sanctioned suspension. Did you see the players before the, the first play of the game? Yeah. They lined up like in a true eye formation and held up the four fingers? The school <laughs>
2: instituted a suspension, and then they wore the free Jim Harbaugh t-shirts and did that.
1: <laughs> kids are stupid. That's one. That's one. That's I one thing I believe from this weekend all right i believe that uh, florida state's for real too by the way the second half that they had against lsu they got some dudes on both sides of the ball oh yeah that was nasty jordan travis another heisman guy oh another heisman guy all right 713-780-ESPN i believe in college football 713-780-3776 coming up next is our mailbag monday you can ask Killer Bees, whatever you want. You can ask Joe George, whatever you want. Josh is filling in today. You can ask Josh, whatever you want. If you have questions for Josh, 713 780 3776. Mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97 5, ESPN 92 5. One question I always get is Do you believe what you say about Proton Coops? I do. Pro Dunk hoops are the best. Highest quality basketball goals you'll find. Uh, You can go to the big box stores and find goals there, but they aren't any good. They're going to break in a year. Backboard might shatter. Rim's going to get jacked up. It's going to blow over in a little bit of a storm. Uh, You don't want that. You want a goal from Pro Dunk. They are the best. They probably bring up. The home value of your home, or all these other goals, bring it down because they're ugly and they break. Uh, Pro Dunk has the highest quality goals you'll find tempered glass backboard, stainless steel hardware. It is fantastic. Also, you can, it's height adjustable anywhere from five feet to ten feet. You want to throw down some jams? You can do that. A little slam dunk competition with your kids? You can do that. Or maybe you want to work on your shot at regulation height at ten feet. Well, you can do that too. It's height adjustable. And there's also that breakaway rim to keep you safe. Their accessories are next level too. You work, you're not getting home till late kids are back in school it's hot during the day we'll get some led light kits so you can play at night backstop nets you don't have to chase the basketball everywhere and pole pad lettering too. customize your goal from pro dunk Uh, you can order everything too including professional installation yes the pros at pro dunk will professionally install your goal at the perfect height perfectly straight you don't worry the pros will take care of it all call right now 281-351-9822 and visit produnk.com that's produnk.com
0: ESPN 975.com. Take his pork chop. I don't want his pork chop. I want his life. Team covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
1: Time now for our mailbag Monday with the Killer Bees. You can ask us whatever you want. 713-780-ESPN. 713-780-3776. Sports, non-sports, whatever. Um, Virginia on the Twitch says uh Branham. Would you let uh, Josh Beard bench you and you get $100 for every press? Is there anything that you talk more about than Josh talks about his bench press? Uh, He mentions it 12 times a show, his bench press. He cannot stop talking about his bench press. No,
2: there is nothing I talk more about. He talks about his bench press
1: more than I talk about my kids. Yeah, and Josh has two kids. He talks about his bench press more than I talk about the Texans. He talks about his bench press more than I talk about the Astros. I don't think that there's anything that any of us, you, me, Josh, any of the listener, talks about as much as Josh Beer talks about his bench press.
2: Yeah, I don't think so either. He uh, talks a
1: lot about his bench press.
2: Yeah, um,
1: because he thinks it's impressive. It's impressive. Has anyone seen it? No. It's a good call. Like Now, I believe it because he does have big arms and they're very, very short. Fair. So I, like, I, be- I mean, I do believe it. I feel like we got to like
2: see it. To believe it. Fair. it's a good point. Like, you know, we got to prove it.
1: Yeah. I do believe it, but I, I'm with you that he should prove it. And, I uh, have a feeling. Uh, he does talk about it a lot.
2: That over the next 48 hours, Josh Beard is going to make a detrimental dist- mistake to his health. What do you mean? He, uh, Fred Davis is coming in the next two days. And I think Josh is going to walk himself into some kind of workout challenge with Freddie D. That he's gonna get hurt doing. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's going to be, but like, I just feel like something bad's gonna happen to Josh Beard. He's gonna put, he's gonna talk some trash, and it's just not gonna work. Well, it's he gonna,
1: was, he's gonna he, said, ass. he said he was trying to, uh, play blankers in the game of one, didn't he? I don't
2: think there's any chance Joel accepts that. I don't
1: think so either. Well, I don't
2: know. Joel and I played in the pickup basketball
1: game. Joel plays, but I don't know if he'll play Beard one on one. We
2: we streamed one, we did one. It was is Barry, Nick, and Joel versus me, producers. My buddy, our buddy Matt Harab, who was a, a network update guy and host, and then uh, this other producer named Ashton. Yeah, maybe I was will. like before. I got really fat and out of shape. I was I, just like a little out of shape then.
1: I hope he doesn't. I, I want to see that uh, battle play out. Uh, King of Twitch says Josh talks about his bench and his wife, and that's it. Uh, King of Twitch says, if you weigh 300 and bench 400, is that really impressive? Great question. That's a good question. Uh, Bulldogs 970 on the Twitch. Will Jose be back at first next year? I'm assuming that means Jose Abreu for the Astros. At uh, first
2: base. Yes, he will be.
1: I think, worst case scenario, he will start the year at first base for sure. I think if he gets off to a disastrous start, they might DFA him by this summer. But I really don't think that... I mean, I hope it's better next year than it is this year. I think that the earliest the Astros would move on from Jose Abreu, and this is worst-case scenario, everything goes wrong, is like June 1st of 2024. I don't think it'd be any sooner than that. Yeah, I, I think I think there's... It's just...
2: You know, uh, Cherry on the Twitch uh, depends on the manager. I think that's a good point. Like, if it, if it is Dusty somehow, then he'll be the first baseman all next year. If it's yeah. someone else,
1: like... I still think they give him to at least June, even if it's somebody
2: else. Like, they're yeah. going
1: to let Jose Abreu pull his own plug.
2: I think this is like the big, this is the biggest decision Dana Brown's going to have to make by deciding, besides deciding which bullpen army he's bringing back. It's like, how is
1: he going to address the first base position? It's Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu is your starter. Yeah. Jose Abreu will be the first baseman until Jose Abreu is not. If Michael Brantley's not coming back next year, I would like
2: to see them acquire someone that can be a DH left field first base replacement for when guys get hurt just off days that you would would hope can replace Jose Abreu. Yeah. I mean, another route you could
1: go too is that you bring in a catcher that you believe in, and then Yiner's your catcher to start the year. catcher you believe in is his backup. And then if Abreu is just absolutely lousy at first base and you're talking about DFA him in June, then you're looking at you're looking at maybe you just move Yiner to first base at that point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I could see that too. I'm, I'm curious, like when we get to the off season, what Dana Brown will say about Yiner Diaz at first base. Because like we've heard Dusty a, a I'm just being like, you know, he's not there yet. I think know. he
1: can easily learn it though in an off season. I really yeah. do. He's athletic enough to where all he needs to know is the intric- intricacies. He has the skill to play first base. Yeah. He he, he lacks the know how. He he lacks the reps. You give him an entire off season learning first base, he's fine.
2: Yeah. and that's all good. I, I mean, he'll be the catcher next year. There's a reason why Dana Brown has said that multiple times, why he traded away Corey Lee. Yannir Diaz is the catcher of the future. The future starts game one. The
1: only way he's not the catcher of the future is if he's the first baseman of the future. If, if they – because, look, we know this about Dana Brown. Dana Brown likes to sign young players, right, and sign them for long-term deals, buy out the years of club control, buy out some free agency years. I could see them going that route with Yannir Diaz. It would not surprise me if Dana Brown signs Yannir Diaz to a – Seven-year contract extension this offseason. More likely, Yiner or Jeremy Pena? Pena's a little bit closer to free agency, and Pena's gotten some bumps because of where he finished in the rookie of the year. So I think it's more likely Yiner. And Pena comes from, like, a big league family, whereas Yiner, I'm not really sure of his upbringing. I think is more likely to sign a long-term deal than Pena.
2: I also would choose. I would rather them sign Yiner Diaz to a long-term deal than Pena.
1: I wouldn't mind either. I wouldn't I, mind either. Like Payne is a big league old. shortstop. Pena's oh a big yeah, league shortstop.
2: I just I think it's that bat for Yiner Diaz would be much harder to replace yeah. than Jeremy Pena offensively and defensively.
1: And if if you sign Yiner to a seven year deal, now you're worried about his legs a bit. You're worried about making sure you get his bat in the lineup more often. So if, I believe if the Astros don't sign him to a seven year deal, I think that he's just a catcher. But if they sign him long-term early in his you know, tenure as a big leaguer, yeah. I think that's when you talk about saving his legs, making sure his bat's in the lineup more often and, and trying to move him to first base. Yeah, and
2: it might even just be he's the catcher until Abreu's not on the team. Could be. And, and then as soon as Abreu's not on the team, that's when he becomes your primary first baseman.
1: Yep, it could be that. Uh, Lamont on the Twitter. Uh, he says, I believe Vegas broke the bank Saturday with Colorado versus TCU. I got to believe 90% casual gamb- gamblers had money on TCU like my... Dumb behind. Uh, I don't. I don't know where the public money was at on that. It'd be interesting. Las Vegas just in general makes tons of money. But he also has the question for you: is, How do you think the new first down clock affected this weekend's games? Shorter, less possessions per game, less possessions in each half for each team. I, I like the new rule. I think. It le- I think it's a better game. Uh, I hope that it limits scoring. I hate. I hate seventy to fifty-six games in college football.
2: I. It really annoyed me. Why? Because the games were still too long. There's more. The ratio of like football versus commercials did did become worse. They they did it completely wrong versus baseball. Baseball did it right. Baseball they 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 sped up their game. They didn't change their commercial inventory. College football didn't do that. They said we're going to add commercial inventory and speed up the game. So instead of it being you know these, it's still the same time. It's still way too long of a game and now it's less game time action that part i didn't enjoy like on the field i thought it was better i enjoyed it more but it just i just don't get i know i get it it's money whatever but like your product you could have made a more enjoyable watch and i feel like they just chose not to do that by adding commercial inventory
1: yeah I, I i like that i like that they're limiting snaps i like that they're limiting possessions i like that they're shrinking the game but in terms of like the block of time is still the same, and there are more that's commercials. Crazy. The ratio is not great. I-, I do like that there's less plays in a college football game. Like you see a hundred plays each side for each team. I think that's too much. So I- I'm in favor of it. You are seeing it play out a little bit. And then Chip Kelly had the comment to the ESPN sideline reporters. was walking off. I hope you guys are getting a lot of what do you say? I think he said something about I hope you guys are getting a lot of good commercials out of this or whatever oh, because yeah. they are. There's tons of commercials about it? 713-780-ESP. And Keith from L.A. I think he he might have asked us this before. What do you eat first at a barbecue cookout? What's the first thing on my plate? Yeah. What are my options? Barbecue cookout foods. So everybody's barbecue cookout's a little bit different, right? I go brisket first. Uh, If there's brisket. I probably go ribs first. I don't love people's brisket. Like... I feel like most people Probably that fair. make like I love brisket. I love getting brisket. Go to Franklin's, give me a brisket there, is the best you ever have. Corkscrew is my favorite brisket in the city. Killens makes a good brisket as well. I mean there's so many there's so many good J Bar M has fantastic mm. brisket. J Bar M's brisket is the best brisket in the loop. That that
2: brisket burger?
1: Yeah. That was really good. Really good. Really, really good. So there's so many places to get good brisket. I feel people who make brisket, like just like your backyard brisket, Sell. are usually not good. They're usually overcooked. They're usually very, very dry. They're usually below par. And it kind of it disappoints me knowing how much better brisket there is that exists. Uh, so I'd probably go ribs. Yeah. Ribs first. That's a good call. Josh?
2: I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say brisket, but then I think
1: Jeremy convinced me Talk to you out of ribs it. I, I sold my side. <laughs> I, I kind of like this from the Twitch. Uh, someone here said mac and cheese. Mac and cheese? You're going sides first. I don't hate that. Oh, he said smoked mac and cheese too. I mean that's a great call. We got some jalapeno in there too.
2: Yeah, jalapeno and your mac and cheese. I'm never
1: going sides before my protein though. Ever, ever. I'm going protein before sides. Ever? Every single time. Ever, ever.
2: Uh, Bulls, Bulldog asked about Sam Hartman and Notre Dame. Notre Dame looked really good, but they played a they played Eddie George and Tennessee State. Sam Hartman's going to break every
1: single Notre Dame record this season though. You think so? Yeah. Who holds them all? Rick Meyer. Maybe (laughs) Brady Quinn might be Doug Flutie. All right, Melbag Monday. If you have any other questions, tweet him at Pac Man Joel. He'd love to hear from you. Honest, he misses you guys. guys. Yeah, tweet Pac Man Joel just feverishly. Why not? 713 780 3776. Somebody just texted in. I hate Dusty, which I don't know what Dusty did to you, but uh, here's another reason. The handling of Chaz this weekend was managerial malpractice. Tell you why next. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Just talked about a few lines there, right? A few games, a few things that you learned about over the weekend. You're probably looking to spend a few bucks uh, betting on some some games this weekend, too, right? Plus, NFL kicks off. The NFL kicks off on Thursday. So you're looking for a spot to bet the games. And listen up. I have the perfect spot for you. I'm here to tell you about my favorite sportsbook and casino, and that's BetUS.com. Football is back, and that means it's time to lay down your bets. I only endorse one sportsbook and casino, and that's BetUS.com. Why? Well, BetUS is celebrating its 30th year of sports betting service with a special offer this football season, up to 30 risk-free bets. That's right, up to 30 risk-free bets. It's called Bet Protect. If that isn't enough for you, it should be, but if it's not, bet US offers the industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. They're giving you money. You heard me. Industry's biggest 125% sign-up bonus. And there's even more betus.com offers a massive 200% crypto sign up bonus and a 250% casino bonus. The game always gets more exciting with a bet, but you can take it to another level at betus.com live in game betting. You got to get that. Don't wait. Take advantage of their 30th year offer up to 30 risk free bets, get bet protect. Get started today by visiting betus.com or give them a call at 1-800-mybetus. That's 1-800-692-3887 to learn all about their bonuses and Special offers. 1 800 MyBetUS, betus.com, where the game begins.
0: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. 5. We're your daddy. Well, I feel like I'm your daddy. You're not my daddy. Hush, now no, 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 I'm your daddy. You ain't my daddy, boy. Yes, you're I am. Only, no. You are our not our daddy.
1: daddy. I am your daddy. Not a daddy.
0: Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and
1: 92.5. Yeah, we know that the Astros are playing right now. We know that they went back-to-back after a strike them out throw-em-out double play. Critical series going on in Arlington between the Houston Astros and the South Oklahoma Rangers. Oh, see how it plays out? Astros trying to snap a skid. They got swept by the Yankees. That off day after the Astros were crushing the baseball. The Astros are terrible at home. But Dusty, um, Dusty drew a lot of criticism over the weekend. 713-780-3776. Somebody we mentioned right before the break just randomly texted into the program. I'm so sick of Dusty. Well, here's another reason you're going to be sick of Dusty. The handling of Chaz McCormick over the weekend was managerial malpractice for Chaz McCormick. Let's go through the series and how Dusty handled Chaz McCormick on Friday, Chaz McCormick, right-handed hitter. What do we know about Chaz McCormick? He crushes lefties. That's been one of his strengths his entire career. In fact, one of the criticisms of Chaz McCormick was that if he's never going to be able to hit right-handed pitching, he might only be a platoon option for his entire career. This year he's hit righties really well too, but he crushes lefties. It's been a tendency of his forever. Friday night, Yankees had a lefty on the mound. You expect to see Chaz McCormick in the lineup every single time there's a lefty on the mound, especially after an off day. So it's not like he's tired. It's especially after an off day. Chaz McCormick sat against the lefty on Friday. And then we mentioned this uh, earlier as well. I made note of this because I noticed it in the ninth inning. Astros were trailing. Michael Brantley came on in the eighth inning to pinch it for Jake Myers. It's like, okay, well, who's going to pinch it for Martin Maldonado? It was John Singleton on deck not Chaz McCormick against Lawizaga. Okay, righty. Okay, just, just a mental note, whatever. You know, never even got up to the plate, so it's not a big deal. Singleton never got to the plate. Brantley made the final out. Mm-hmm. But John Singleton was on deck, not Chaz McCormick. Friday night with two outs in the ninth. All right, whatever. There's just one game. Let's just store that away from mental note in case it comes back up again. Saturday, Chaz was starting, but Chaz McCormick in the ninth inning gets pinch hit four. With John Singleton against the Yankee closer, uh, Clay Holmes. And then Dusty said afterwards said that the Astros projections showed that John Singleton was projected to hit 275 off of Clay Holmes. Chaz McCormick was projected to hit 220 off of Clay Holmes. And then Baker was worried about Holmes running the sinker in on McCormick and said that's why we have Singleton up here to take those at bats. Chaz McCormick hit a home run off a clay home sinker last year in the playoffs, Hmm. by the way, just just to to remember that. One thing that bothers me, too, about the Dusty Baker quote here, it's your decision, and you're saying that they basically told you what your decision should be based on the analytics. So, to me, you're kind of deflecting blame. Whenever you make that decision, that's something that you have to own. Saying that, well, the analytical department projects uh, better numbers for Singleton than Chas McCormick. You're deflecting blame in that moment. I don't like the deflection of blame. If you're going to make bold, bravado decisions, you own it. Deflecting is not something that I like. So he did that on Saturday. And then yesterday, Sunday, Maurice Thierry Dubon starts ahead of Chas McCormick. So Chas McCormick sat twice in the series. He was... Not chosen to pinch hit Friday. John Singleton was. And then late in the game Saturday, when you need to get a base runner on, it's John Singleton that takes the pinch hit and not Chaz McCormick. Pretty disgusting, pretty terrible use of Chaz McCormick, in my opinion. Here was Dusty Baker talking over the weekend about the playing time for his outfield.
0: Depends on what I need, you know. If I need
2: defense,
0: if I need an arm, if I need a bat, depends on who's pitching, depends on... The stadium depends on how a guys doing. I mean, it's easy if you got a Julio Rodriguez. You I mean, just put him out there in the center field. But you know, each one brings something different to the table. You know, you know, plus and minuses. I mean, this has been this has been a tough situation, and also to keep them sharp and and us win and, and,
1: and be productive. So he talks about how he doesn't have a, a J Rod, right? There's no yeah. Julio Rodriguez. I don't think Chaz McCormick is as good as Julio Rodriguez. Not, not making the claim that Chaz McCormick is as good a baseball player as Julio Rodriguez. Chaz McCormick, though, this year has an 874 OPS, and Julio Rodriguez is 831. Don't think Chaz is better than Julio Rodriguez. But the production of Chaz McCormick this year has been better than the production of Julio Rodriguez from an offensive standpoint. J-Rod's still you know, head and shoulders better defensively because he's one of the best in baseball defensively. But Dusty using his evidence that he doesn't have a J-Rod when he does have a player that's out producing J-Rod, that's disgusting to me. It makes absolutely no sense because you know, like, I don't even know how many
2: center field, center fielders this year you would just take over Chaz McCormick to say these guys should be playing every single day over Chaz. Like, there are a lot of center fielders that are much worse than Chaz McCormick that those teams, they just keep rolling them out there. Chaz McCormick is a very good baseball player, and he's been a great baseball player at times this year. Dusty's got beef. Like, there is no other explanation. Like, Chandler Rome reported that Dusty Baker just does not like Ch- does not like Ch- Chaz McCormick. Dusty tried to call him on it. He was like, I don't know where you got that from. And he looked right at Chandler as he said it. But there's no other explanation that there's something about Chaz that just does not work with Dusty Baker that he was the World Series hero last year with one of the best playoff catches and World Series catches we've ever seen. And when I know it's stupid to some people, but, like, when he wears the gold jerseys for the first two games, Chaz doesn't wear them. Jake Myers is out there. They consistently, and this is the one thing with Dusty, he makes the wrong decisions. And his analytics don't ever match up what he says. It's, like it's, it's, it's never correct.
1: It's hard for me to know where he gets these numbers. Like, I, I the, w- the projections that we know aren't going to be the projections that they have. Like, they're they're more advanced than baseball reference. They're more advanced than fan graphs. They probably have it broken down by, you know, handedness of the pitcher and then also, like, his, his repertoire, like his sinker. He cited his sinker here. They think Singleton's a better sinker hitter than Chaz. Like, I, I get that we're not privy to the information that they're privy of. But the moment that you cite the analytical department as a deflection of blame, like you're not being a leader there. You're not being the manager of the team. You're saying, well, it's somebody else's fault. That does not sit well with me. If you're like, hey, it was just I felt that Singleton had a better chance to get a hit than Chaz McCormick, I'm going to disagree with it. But at least you're taking ownership. At least you're the leader of that clubhouse. The moment you bring up somebody else's projections as the reason to why, then why are you managing the team? Like if somebody else is going to be the one making decisions, what are you doing here? If you're not going to be the leader that takes the mic Phone at the end of a game, like his managerial decision, like that's probably your time to hang it up. I hate the deflection of blame more than I hate the decision, and I hate the decision. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six five zero four four. Who is they? And they spoke up about stats showing Singleton over Chaz. Great, question. Dusty is a liar. Those are fighting words here in Texas, and I'll say it to face: he is a liar. Lots of exclamation points. He needs to go now. Lots of exclamation points. I'm not going to go as far to say Dusty's a liar. We don't have evidence of either way. But you who? Know? But who is there is a great question. I mean, there's an like, analytical department for the
2: Astros. But like, I don't. I, what? I guess like you can crunch the numbers any way you want, but like you can't convince me that there's actually a number that pops out and says John Singleton is better in that moment than Chas McCormick. Especially to say, like, he's a
1: 275 hitter. Like, what? Exactly. He hit like, 290 in the minors. Like, look at his career numbers. Like, I, I don't – that's the part that's confusing to me. But, again, the deflection really, really bothers me. And
2: I just – and I, I, I kind of agree with the text. Like, I just – I don't buy it. Like, I don't even know if it's a deflection – or if it's just a way of trying to skirt the media, because I think Dusty is at this point where he's sick of us. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I don't, I don't think there is like there's no more Mister Nice Guy, lovey dovey. Like even when things are going well, maybe it's because they just they haven't gone well in large parts this year. But Dusty seems sick of being challenged on everything, and I think there is part of me like when you see it on when like the lineups come out, I always I see it under your comments all the time when you say what's wrong with Dusty's lineup. And there's people who say he's just trolling us. <laughs> I think they're right. He might. Like, there's times where like, I'm like, he's just literally he's trolling Astros fans and maybe Dana Brown.
1: Maybe like, so. With his
2: lineup. Like, some of this stuff with John, like, with the way he played Singleton, they, they need to go full money ball here. Like, get rid of Singleton. Like, if this is the decision that Dusty Baker is yeah. going to make on his own to pinch hit John Singleton for Chas McCormick, then John Singleton needs to get cut. So
1: Dusty Baker can't do this ever yeah. again. Like Dusty's making us dislike Singleton <laughs> because like, I, you're, you're right. That should never be a decision where like, Singleton yeah. batting ahead of Chas McCormick. You got to force his hand. Just you, get him you, off the team. You might be right. Bj, you are gonna hate Dusty until he's gone. Devil, you know is better than the one you don't. Players play for him, appreciate him since this is probably his last year, anyways. See, this is always the counter argument for for Dusty truthers is like they won't talk about. The the situation in question, like the situation in question right now is his handling of Chaz McCormick on three different occasions, not playing against the lefty being pinch hit for for John Singleton. The, the response, the counterpoint to that, like questionable uh, decisions that Dusty Baker makes, the counterpoint is always y'all hate Dusty players love him. How about we talk about the decision? How about you tell me why John Singleton's better in that moment than Chaz McCormick as opposed to, well, you're just a hater. You don't like Dusty. Because what you're doing there – is you're deflecting the conversation of what is actually being talked about 7132 uh, to the texter who who texted the killer bees today they hate Dusty if you Astro fans want to run Dusty out of town like you did to Sean Watson go back to being in last place again here we go instead of talking about the situation that we're discussing Chaz McCormick's usage over the weekend using John Singleton and ahead of Chaz McCormick starting Dubon ahead of Chaz McCormick not playing Chaz McCormick against the lefty what is the Counterpoint, y'all hate Dusty. How about we talk about the situation at hand? You don't want to do that because you have no, like you don't have a leg to stand on when you're talking about it. Also, what do you mean go back to last place? This team won a World Series without Dusty. This team was doing just fine without Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker was not the savior of the Houston Astros organization. And again, I think Dusty Baker has done an admirable job as the manager of the Astros. He did a great job last year in the postseason. His entire tenure with the Astros has been really good. This year, overall, he's done well with the injuries that he's had to sustain all year. But we're absolutely going to bring up when he makes questionable decisions, and whenever your counterpoint is, y'all hate Dusty, you don't have an argument. 713 780 ESPN, HRP listener line, 713 780 3776. We can keep discussing this if you want. Also, what's your best worst case for the Texans this year? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN
0: 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet Sassy Molasse.
1: Clever metaphors and catchphrases escape me, like a fat girl waving her trophy from the smell contest. Sweet Sassy Molasse, I'm trying my best here.